0: Hey, this is Mario from Spotlights, and you're listening to Epitome of Xfinity.
1: up ladies and gentlemen hi there welcome to episode 71
2: 71
1: that's what you put what i'm just called? reading what you put 71 of epitome of stupidity allegedly metal podcast
3: it's your favorite
1: it is my favorite
3: allegedly it's the only podcast popular. i listen to it's and you only do that they edit it yeah exactly in the background there you've got one of our new favorites a band called spotlight their song part two It's a uh, little EP that is put out, four track EP, and it is the goods. Uh, We uh, we caught wind of that a week or two ago.
1: I've listened to nothing but that since.
3: (laughs) So that's what Brian's been listening to. He is Brian. I am Clint. Um, I have been listening to. I I can't get off that ditch in the Delta album. Uh, I've been. I I watched that yesterday movie that you and I were talking about. Uh, you know, it's a whole Beatles related thing and I kinda got stuck in the yeah. Beatles for a little bit. Um the new Mark Lanigan album is half really good and probably half kinda whatever. <laughs> you can't do there's never a lot going on with his stuff. It's always just because it's always just about his voice, because his voice is so fucking cool. But there are some really good songs on that and I like it. Take your word for it. Uh, I know you will. And then on the ride over here, since it would be Sonic Temple weekend, and originally we should have been seeing Metallica for the second time in three days tonight, I had the live set from Seattle in 89 blasting to the point that my ears are ringing. And you know, times like that, you kind of realize and understand why those guys are fucking huge, because that fucking thing is good. They're rich. They are. They are. So you know. I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware. I we both had a quick little conversation about that essentially blackened cover that they put out Friday. Yeah. That I think combined, we've both heard it once.
1: <laughs> yeah. Could have made it a little more interesting considering there's nothing but time. Right. But um yeah, it just seemed like a quick tiny cash grab or something to just put the least amount of effort into it with acoustic guitar
3: and it's like everybody else is doing the zoom thing. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Here's an acoustic guitar, and kind of the blackened riff.
1: So, yeah, I've listened to nothing with spotlights, and then the the moth gather I found in conjunction with the spotlights, right. and kind of getting into that whole what do they call it on here? Sludge, sludge metal sludge, to... Mudge, Mudge metal. Yes, dream sludge. Really digging the 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 dream sludge feel going on. It's good, and uh, you heard it in the intro.
3: So you know it's good. Yeah. Because you've already heard it.
1: And real quick, we want to recap for you since it's been,
3: is it coming up on two years?
1: Is it this I month? I think
3: it's, no, we're past two years. April? Yeah.
1: It's been two years. We only, we made one episode, episode number one of Who We Are. So real quick.
3: As a recap. As a
1: recap. We are. That
3: nobody asked for.
1: No one asked for. <laughs> but the the listens are down and we want to see if we can get record low by talking about Who We Are. Ourselves. Yeah.
3: I really thought that with a quarantine, people would sit around and listen to the nah, damn podcast, yeah. but instead they're at home, they're watching TV. Yeah, no one's listening to po- fucking podcasts. This right. is a great way to lead into our, our sponsorship here.
1: Right. <laughs> is that what you want to do? You want to do the no, sponsorship? Yeah. Let's
3: we'll finish talking about what uh, you...
1: So, we are Clinton Brian. We have been friends since middle school. Yep. Brothers in music since middle school.
3: High five, six feet away.
1: And <laughs> played... And we won't call them bands and jams. We, yes, all of our lives essentially, and um, had this terrible idea to start this podcast because we were doing it anyway. Right, basically we were sitting
3: around talking about music, figured might as well record. Yeah,
1: found a new album, would listen to it together. We call it a book club. Talk about it and then talk about whatever we listen to next. And then we're like, you know what?
3: We should record that. There's
1: probably seven people who would like to hear this. <laughs> Clint is the you can trust what he says. I have no idea what I'm talking about. And, um, but that's why you should listen because Clint knows. I do. And I'm here to say things like, who's Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, piss him off. And we're in a band, but everyone knows that. Right. So, of course, that's us. Insidian. That's why you should listen to
3: That's us. why you are listening, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like Brian said about two years ago, he had the idea to start recording these things. And on principle, I thought this was a great idea. Let's do this. You know, why not? It'll be fun. And then when it actually came down to, because I don't know if you remember or not, but you actually had to push me like three or four times to actually put an outline together. And I, what I'm getting around to saying is when we actually, you know, put it at you the know, practical application, I guess is the phrase I'm looking for here. I got a little scared. You got scared? I got, a little, I got a little nervous about it. Why? I don't know. It feels cheesy. It's stupid as hell. Yeah. It's It's us talking about stupid shit. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh, to some degree, most of
1: the time, <laughs> what's, what's even more fun is doing it while you're drinking mead.
3: Yes. Drink some mead, Clint. Drink some mead, Clint. Here, listen to this. Oh my God. That stuff really is. I, I, I we had a quick little back and forth on Twitter yesterday with them and the prosthetic the horn Meadery.
1: horn Meadery supplied by.
3: And, uh, this, that stuff really is so good. It should be illegal. They are a meadery. They've actually been on the podcast. They do a lot of, uh collaborations with metal bands and you know we'll make a mead based on a band sound so you need Philomede, nailed it uh they are based in delaware and they will ship wherever you are so go to their website it is in the links in our pages it's com. right yep. yes uh use the code this is this is it's a
1: big t- big time stuff
3: right big here. time yeah it use the code epitomed. E P I T O M E A D, and you'll 10% get ten percent off your order just for typing in a word. Just for typing in a word that I said and you spelled. Wait.
1: What? What we're drinking is the high priestess.
3: High priestess, and it is. Uh,
1: it's crazy. If you don't know what mead is, it's like a honey wine.
3: It's like it's like wine and liquor together. You yeah. get you get a little bit of the burn of liquor, but this oh, man. you get
1: fucked up this the high priestess is 11 to 14% alcohol oh, and and, and it tastes like the aftertaste is smarties it's like a, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's really good check them out if you want to know more about how that goes you know you can listen to our episode when we talk talk to them yeah. google
3: it it is i still love his confidence where you know every time it's exactly what he wants you remember right? that yeah it's so good um but
2: yeah
3: so pitomede, yeah com, 10% off Order it and have yourself a night. They do. Maybe, uh, maybe order it to celebrate that you can be around people again. Maybe do it to have yourself a good night on your own. Whatever. Yeah. And if you want to taste music, we're gonna play a song yeah. from their newest collaboration with High Priestess. Uh, again, that's the me that Brian and I was just talking about that they sent us and is the delicious. And uh, here's some tastiness for your ears. It's High Priestess' song, Banshee easy for you to say. Stuff you should uh, a- a- as a as a doctor, your personal lawyer, and a life coach. I advise that you buy the mead with the code a pen of mead, and sit and drink it. To High Priestess's album, what could be better?
1: Also, I'll tell you something that's equally as good. Equally, yeah, yes. Spotlights.
3: Spotlights is fucking great.
1: This is true. And we have the man the half half of the the mar-
3: half of the marriage half of the okay easy for you to say don't hurt yourself half that big of guy. the brains, brains there you go
1: behind the band spotlights getting ready to talk to mario he is the singer guitar player synth player
3: he plays some drums he's played drums of the on yeah, too he does yeah. every damn
1: thing he does he's he's the one he's stop shop he's one of those shop. guys he's yeah. one of
3: those guys that can do stuff
1: we're going to find out how
3: do my favorite bit that still isn't funny I
1: still have to do that <laughs>
3: I didn't say it's my favorite because I don't like it.
1: Okay. Boop, boop, boop,
3: boop. Ring. And he answered. We still have a perfect streak going of people answering our fake phone calls. <laughs> On the line, we have Mario <laughs> with us of Spotlights. Mario, how are you this glorious Sunday?
0: Hey, good. How's it going?
3: And you're in New York?
0: I'm not. I'm actually in Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, oh. so you're closer than we thought. Okay.
0: Yeah, we uh, Sarah and I moved to Pittsburgh about a year and a half ago now. So Chris is still in New York, though. Gotcha.
3: We uh, A yep. uh, quick bit of random before we get too far into this. Uh, yeah. A band that we're friendly with called Moontooth. Uh, I always see you guys connected or one follows the other or something like that on socials. Yes, yeah, definitely. Do you guys ever play any shows with them and stuff?
0: Uh, we played one show with them. I, I think it was only one time that we played with them at Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Um, I think it was... It might have been us, Candyria, and Moontooth. Uh I remember it being pretty sweet though. Those guys are awesome, man. Super nice guys. Yeah. I used sure. to work at <clears throat> I used to work at St. Vitus in Brooklyn and I mixed them a couple times and they're just like, you know, super nice dudes, incredible musicians. Nick, Nick especially is just like Yeah, like, Nick is just
2: my, ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Um uh,
3: the, uh, and going through and getting ready for this conversation with you, I, I was looking back through stuff,
1: which isn't very often that we get ready. I just want to say, right.
2: That.
3: <laughs> 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 and, uh, the, the easiest way to do this is, is you guys's story, your origin story, if you will, is pretty interesting. If I were good at interviewing people, I would ask you questions that led to you telling it naturally. I'm not, so I'm doing this instead. <laughs> it's
0: all good, man. It's all good.
3: That uh, lead so, us through you guys' story.
0: Um. All right. So from the very beginning, you mean? Or sure. Uh, yep. Yeah.
3: I mean, obviously, you can do the annotated right. version, but
0: oh, I meant to ask you guys beforehand, though. Where are you, Where are you guys at?
3: I'll we are curious. in Columbus, Ohio. Not too far from Pittsburgh. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. All right, so we're like a couple hours away. Yes, sir. Nice.
3: So yeah, if you want um, to start driving left, uh, we'll go right. We'll have some we'll have some beers this afternoon at, uh, if you want to. <laughs>
0: we actually could do that. That's that's funny, or we couldn't. We'd get in trouble. Or
3: right. Either. Well, I mean, you know, either you stay in your car or we'll stay six feet apart. Whatever. Right. Oh
0: yeah, car drinking that could be a new thing.
2: <laughs> Sounds safe. <laughs> <laughs> I do accident <actually laughs>
0: recon
1: uh, for a living, so yeah, I need more clients. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All
0: right. So uh, I guess. Um, where the band started, the idea of the band started with uh Sarah and I. we were in San Diego at the time uh both and her and I lived there. I lived there for about ten years. She lived there for about seven. This was from around two thousand. We met in two thousand six or two thousand seven. I was recording one of her old bands, and uh I owned a recording studio there, so she her her band Marisol had come in to make a record, and we just kind of hit it off. And we're really good friends for a couple of years. And we always kind of really talked. We just talked about making music together, you know, doing something like always like we got to make a record. We got to write a song. We got to do something. And uh, eventually we started dating. And finally, just like one day got into the studio with no preconceived notion of what to do we or just like I was like, play something, you know, play a line, do something. And then uh, we just took it from there, wrote, wrote a and recorded like the first song in like four hours um and we still didn't have an idea to like start a band per se but it was just to make some music uh um and that song is it's actually on our band camp i think it's oh five oh eight oh nine on there it's the first first single that we ever put up on Bandcamp. camp um but so we did that and then never we didn't really like follow through with it much just because we were playing in another band called sleep lady at the time with some friends of ours. And that band was doing pretty well locally, at least, and uh, so it just kind of took up the time with that and work and life and all all that stuff. Um, so we put it on the back burner, and then in two thousand thirteen, we did, we moved to New York. Was when we moved to Brooklyn. Um, the Sleep Lady ended up kind of fizzling out just because the other there was a another couple in the band. They ended up having a baby and having to move to mm-hmm. Chicago. Closer to family and whatnot, so we just kind of went separate ways. <clears throat> and uh, at that point, Sarah and I were just like, "All right, well, fuck it, let's just make some. Let's you know, let's keep going on the spotlights thing." We had actually thought of the name because we, uh I, when we wrote that first song, I put it out on a compilation for the studio at the time, and we needed a name, so we were like, "We just, I don't know how we really came about <laughs> spotlights, but it it worked and it stuck." And uh, yeah, so like 2013, end of 2013, early 2014, I just started kind of fooling around with like some electronic stuff on my laptop because we didn't have a practice space at the time yet. And, uh, you know, just kind of getting ideas down and little by little that developed into what it was just me on drums and Sarah on bass with like some electronics backing tracks that we were triggering. And uh, a little after that, we, I just, I really wanted to play guitar more so than drums. And so I ended up moving to drum to a uh, guitar and we found a couple of drummers, went through a few and then, uh, it kind of just happened really fast where we went from playing to like one person in, you know, from our first show in Brooklyn to like opening up for Shiner at St. Vitus. It was literally like maybe six months. Nice. <laughs> and uh yeah once once we played that shiner show things were we were already had a plan to like put out our first album uh titles with uh crow quill records and and yeah from there it just kind of snowballed out man Uh, you know we got the deftones tour quickly after that nuts you know without even really attempting to do anything and it just okay it all happened like supernaturally (laughs) and and supernaturally (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nice <laughs> <laughs> wordplay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much the story, man. And after that, you know, everything's, you know, you guys might know the rest after there. Yeah, the
3: the whole Mike Patton Ipecac thing, and <laughs> right. Uh, are you guys still with them, or is it Blues Funeral
0: now? No, we're definitely still with Ipecac. The Blues Funeral thing was kind of like an auxiliary release. It wasn't anything that was like, you know, meant to be on Ipecac and didn't make it or vice versa. It was just uh, Blues Funeral approached us about doing it, um, being part of that post-wax release. And uh, I just it seemed like a really cool thing, especially being more of like a vinyl uh, scription, vinyl only type thing at first. And it was going to, you know, be like this box set and everything. So we we saw it as a chance to kind of do something a little bit different and not not be thinking so much about like, okay, this is our next album. Just kind of have a chance to put something out there.
3: And that <laughs> and the the um, album being referenced here is the newest one. Uh, we are all atomic which I right. have, I've actually, you know, like, like Brian and I alluded to earlier, we don't, we don't often do too much homework because we're, uh, what scientists call stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in, in, looking through, uh, everything, out uh, getting ready for this, I can talk. I swear. Yeah. You're good at this. I swear.
0: Yeah. yeah and it's all good. I, I was feeling the same way today. <laughs>
3: Anyways, what my, what I'm getting around to is that I can't find anybody that said a bad word about We Are All Atomic. Is that, is that normal for you guys? I mean, with the whole Supernatural, Supernaturally thing, <laughs> is everything just glowing reviews and sunshine?
0: I mean, man, we've been super lucky to, and just like have landed with some really good fans. And for the most part, really, we've, you know, the, the reception for most of our records has been really positive, you know. I'm not one to, like, we don't, like, sit there and, like, dwell on every review or anything like that. But, yeah. like, you know, we we check it out and we sift through comments every once in a while. And, like, it's pretty fucking nuts. To us, it's just, like, super humbling to, to see that people are really good. Um, and, I, and I think maybe there's obviously people that don't like it. But it fuck might it just might not be as a it might not be offensive enough for them to, like, go telling us to fuck off <laughs> online or something <laughs> right. because it's that bad.
1: <laughs> well I mean we we mentioned this already in in the show obviously not directly to you so in all honesty 2 weeks ago we hadn't heard of you guys um you know being the pool of music awesome. being so ridiculously deep it was Spotify that brought right you you guys to Clint on the way to to film it's our to last show
3: podcast Built. And oh yeah, that's, fucking, that's
1: awesome. Man. So and he comes in, he's like, you know, check out this band, spotlights. I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's another band. Let's right. I say to that it to <laughs> him
0: hourly. You're right. But i know
1: the feeling. Clinton normally does this part of the interview where he kisses the guest's ass, but <laughs> I, I shit you, I shit you not, Mario. Since I, he introduced me to you guys, I've listened to nothing but you guys when I've gone to my iTunes. Um.
0: Oh, dude. Thank you much, man. Hats that's off. Awesome.
1: Yeah, the, the the whole vibe top to bottom, the the sparse vocals, the guitar tones, the whole setup is spot on. And I've even I went so far as to look at the similar artists to you on iTunes and start now checking out to them and just diving deeper into that, that whole that whole sound, that scene and
0: whatever. So thank you for that. Hell yeah. And that's that's awesome. I'm glad. I mean I think that's that's one of the huge benefits of, you know, the whole digital music world is like being able to find new music that actually is shit that you'll like because you know before you know we'd, we'd go to the record store and just be like that looks cool right and hope for the best <laughs> yeah judge <laughs> it now, by the, the album cover yeah, right you right. know it was cool in its own way to have that kind of mystery to it and everything and i think everything was so different that it's it's not even comparable but like nowadays you can find a band that you like and right below it there's like 10 other bands that you'll probably like. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so like <laughs> it, it uh and in conjunction there with Brian looking through the the genre if you will, I, I want to tie this together with the way that you guys describe yourself with dream sludge. Where did that yeah. come from?
0: I I don't know where the dream sludge came from. Um I I mean, we've we've never like actually picked one of those genre names. They've all come from either like reviews or or you know, people like tagging us different things. But um, it was like, I think Brooklyn Vegan coined us as, as Sludge Gaze. And we used like that kind of got thrown around for a while. And then Dream Sludge, I think, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but we ended up, we probably have that on one of our socials somewhere or something. <laughs> it's in our notes, so it was somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, most of those things, most of those labels have come from other places. We don't really... I mean, I don't really de- define us as like sludge or shoegaze or any of that stuff. I mean, uh, to me, it's just like heavy rock, like spacey rock, really. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
3: It's uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste a second of my life arguing with that. It's just, <laughs> it's all just really good, and it, it you know, it, it's, I don't know, it kind of borders into post metal ish, but whatever. Yeah,
0: for sure. It, it's, it's all very good as we've discussed. Thanks. Thanks, man. I mean, I think we both Sarah and I and, and Chris, we, we all have like similar influences, but different enough to where we it kind of pushes the music in different directions enough to like. I think it's what's helped us not be just pigeonholed into like punk or fucking right. metal or right. whatever, you know,
2: So post metal. Um,
0: nice. it, it gives us a little room to play with what we do musically, too, without having backlash from people you know like we could put out an electronic record and i think people would be okay with it you know
1: well yeah. you, well you done you done brought it up so let's go down that a little bit what are your influences
0: um shit man i mean they they range for me personally like i grew up listening to a lot of uh bands like the cure the cure is probably my number one band that i've that's stuck with me since i was like 10 years old till now uh So it was like bands like that, The Cure, New Order, Depeche Mode, and within that same fabric, listening to Bad Brains, Fugazi, Jane's Addiction, um, you know, a lot of like random, like local hardcore bands. And I grew up in Miami. And so like I used to, I was kind of into the hardcore scene there for a long time. Um, Then Helmet was probably the next band that really just like hit me hard when I was maybe 14 or 15 with strap it on and meantime and that stuck that was a huge deal for me especially rhythmically like uh you know John Stainer's drumming and all the odd time shit and just the heavy tones with like some singing some screaming all that shit I hadn't really heard that before Mm -hmm. until then um and that fell into quicksand and all those other kind of like post-hardcore bands right uh so there's that bands like Jawbox you know, I've definitely had my feet a little bit in like the like early emo stuff like Braid, um, certain bands like that. You know, like a lot of the Discord crossover with some of the Midwest stuff, like bands like Shiner, obviously, and uh, Hum. And actually, Hum, I didn't come to until like re- much later. So I was probably until way after they broke up. So like around 2006, was That's the a- first time I
1: that's the worst um, finding a band and then realizing they don't exist anymore
0: Right? <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah so stuff like that and then i mean with sarah she she introduced me to more of like the melvin side of things and more kind of noise rock not necessarily metal stuff but like you know she liked she one of her favorite bands was failure and uh and the melvins as well and faith no more and um, you know there's crossover with so much of that music that we all were listening to at the time so
3: i want to i want to take your sarah reference there and have the obligatory husband and wife conversation but sure we're going to put a pen <laughs> in that for just a second because you bring up faith no more in reference to her there you guys had a couple yeah. of really fucking cool shows lined up that got squashed by this fucking virus thing um yeah man has I, that
0: been announced that it's that they're not happening. I don't I don't I honestly don't know yet 100%, but I, I don't think it's we, been
3: yeah, it hasn't been 100% announced, but at this point you assume um,
0: yeah, we basically not uh, happening. Yeah. Um or at least not now. It'll probably happen, but it's not now. Not yeah. when yeah, yeah. The uh how the
3: hell did that come about? When when you get the phone call from Corn and Faith No More, what <laughs> I, I, what the hell do you do?
0: Dude, I don't know. The same thing we've done with any of those fucking phone calls like it's just you you shake your head and kind of can't believe it for a while and obviously the more it happens the somewhat used to it you get but not really. And um <laughs> that that came about through you know, obviously so we had uh, we had gotten the Mr. Bungle show opening for Mr. Bungle in New York, uh which is obviously was, a big damn deal. Yeah. Yeah, a couple months ago. And, um, and the cool thing is it's not necessarily, you know, none of this stuff has been because of Ipecac necessarily. Like the owner of Ipecac, Greg, he's, he's been a huge help to us. So like almost helping us, managing us in a way, you know, he does that with all his bands too, just because he wants to do well and he wants to sell records. So he's smart. And, um, you know, he'll like, if he knows that there's a good tour coming up, especially if Mike is involved in in any way he'll if he'll pitch a band to to be on it you know if it makes sense right and um so he basically he had pitched us for the mr bungle show to mike and mike was into it but you know they're they're very like democratic with the rest of the guys in the band so it took we didn't think that was going to happen it kind of came last minute where they were like all right let's do it and we ended up getting that um and it usually goes that way where it's like we just get submitted for something we don't think it's going to happen and then all of a sudden we get an email being like hey (laughs) you guys want to go on tour right yeah so the corn thing was similar too, where corn actually was the deciding factor there they were the ones picking all the openers for the for the tour but mike thought we would make a good addition so he you know he put our name in there and um we didn't think There was, it was like months and months of like waiting to see if that was going to happen. And eventually they just said yes and put us on half the tour.
3: That's, that's so cool, man. Um, crazy. It is. It is. It's, it's, that's, that's so cool. Uh, I, I mean, I saw that those shows were announced a while back. And, you know, as we've already discussed, you guys popped up two weeks ago. So I, I kind of, Overlooked spotlights. I didn't even, you know, shame on me. (laughs) And now, yeah, that's, it's just nuts, man. Um, and obviously we hope that either they don't get canceled or something gets worked out because those are going to be cool ass shows.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that they just postpone it for next year or something, you know.
3: Right. As as it seems like everything is at this point. Yeah. Um, Exactly. And then now we'll pull it back around and, uh, ask the obligatory husband-wife band questions uh, <laughs> <laughs> how does that uh how does that process work we this is uh to preface this this isn't the first time that we've had this set up so it's still interesting right. it's still very interesting to us
0: yeah and i mean i honestly like we've known a lot of different husband-wife bands and it's always different you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't like I think it's pretty it's just it's basically telling of your relationship with that person and i you know we are like best friends anybody who knows us well knows that we are like inseparable as as people so like and we respect each other as musicians a hundred percent like we're she's my favorite bass player and i think she likes what i do musically too you know so um for us it's it's super it's just easy, man. I don't I don't I don't really know. It's it's weird to me when people are like, How do you play with your wife? And I'm like, Well, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what's weird <laughs> to us, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, like why do you not want to hang out with your wife? That's you might want to you know. Uh anyways, but you know, like <laughs> For us, you know, and also I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we were we met as friends and we met through music. So, like, we like a lot of the same shit. It was we had that kind of initial uh connection first before we were, like, married or anything like that. So um that's always been kind of like the what's held us together anyways.
3: Kinda, you know? Yeah, kind of like the uh, base of it.
0: Yeah, and like you know, touring people—it's funny because like Chris, our drummer, gets asked that question all the time. The he gets asked like, "What's it like touring with like a, a married couple?" And to him, his answer is usually like, "It's a lot easier than touring with mm. a bunch of fucking dickhead dudes." <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah,
1: I would think that would that would be ideal actually, as right. long as you know as the, the couple, you know? Which, the couples we've talked to are as long
0: as the, as long as the couple gets along. Like, right. yeah, of course, I've been. I've seen, you know, I've I've worked in the studio and I've, like, mixed bands and I've worked with bands that are uh, husband and wife or whatever together in, in whatever capacity, and, like, there can be some serious drama going on with that. So, like, I understand why people think it could be weird, but, yeah. you know, we kind of basically put our work hats on when it's time to work, and especially when we're on tour, we both love being there, so it almost helps our relationship when we're, like, <clears throat> just non stop going and working, and you know we've kind of like naturally just decided the roles in the band for for working, and like you know who who books the hotels, who calls the promoters, who does this, who does that so um it's nice to have somebody you trust and somebody you can like be honest with when you're doing that shit, yeah. and the egos aren't there where like when you're in a band with three other dudes, it's just fucking. A uh, headbutting fest.
1: <laughs> we you know, wouldn't know anything about 40%. that. Mm. Um. So, well, go cool.
0: ahead. I, I'm to.
1: Uh, I wanted to ask. So, you said Chris is in another state. How does that go as far as practicing and all that, collaborating and all that good stuff?
0: Um. It kind of goes the, similarly to how it's always gone for us, because like really? the way the band started. You know, I I I do the bulk of the writing still anyways and and I and I have so like the way all our records have worked and all our practices and everything have we've never been the band that just kind of like gets into a room and jams out for a few hours and kind of picks some stuff to to make songs out of <clears throat> we um we more like make demos I'll I'll make demos at home and either put in you know like tap in some midi drums or play a beat to like Kind of put down what the idea is and uh i i kind of get like a finished framework of the songs first with sarah's like um if, you know like she she kind of stays out of the way during the writing process with ex- with the exception of just being like you know that should be four times or i don't know if that's gonna that sounds cool or i don't know you know whatever right um that's
3: oddly like you
1: and I's but, writing process, right? Yeah, yeah. We're married, Clint. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and for us, it works because it's like, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it, we waste, you waste a lot of time or, uh, you know, some some bands waste a lot of time just sitting in a room, like arguing about, I don't know if that part is cool or like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So like, we don't really have to deal with that. We just like make the song. Then I send it to Chris. If he likes it, Cool. And then we go into the studio and record. And so for touring, we've never, like most of our records, all of our records, actually, we've never played any songs live before they've been recorded or even practiced them for that matter. Like we've last for Love and Decay, which is our last full length. It's like the only one that Chris has played. And so I'm using that as an example. He, uh, He had never played any of the songs before we recorded them. He had just kind of like heard the demos and you know came up with like his own ideas of what to do um and then we just went into our practice room and and put it down and you know it gave us kind of a chance to work everything out in the moment without being too stuck on things that we had been doing you know for a while.
3: how does that so, uh with with you sending him the demos and him working out his own stuff is there you know the the band dude head button there when he wants to change something, but you've kind of got it in your head that it should be this way.
0: No, he's really good about that. I mean, I think again since that's how the whole premise of the band started, and that's that's basically the deal. You know what I mean? Like he he kind of knows how it goes, and not that I if he came up with something on his own that was super different to like what I had thought out. And it was awesome, then I would be totally down, you know, but most of the time and that's why I think the demos are important too, like I'll I'll put down the drum parts to to where they're like pretty much I think what would work to be played, you know, with the exception of like fills and uh you know, little accents and things like that. And I send it to him and if he's like if he was ever like, That sucks, I would just change it or let (laughs) him come up with a nice too, you know. Uh, um so we kind of we get all that done beforehand and i i i mean i we have a pretty good relationship so we can be honest with each other for with shit like that we've never really butted heads on things i think it comes from knowing each other and and especially with sarah and i like i can i know when i write something and i like i'll record a demo and be listening to it and be like she's gonna hate this and so i'll just scrap it and start over (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Uh,
3: You mentioned that Love and Decay was Chris's first full album with you guys. Uh, Yeah. How did that come about?
0: Um, So he started with us as like our touring drummer. Uh, When we got the Deftones tour, the drummer that we had at the time couldn't do the whole thing. It was like, I think it was 13 shows total. And the other guy could only do like seven of them or something like that. Um, So I called up Chris. We had met him just before then. And we knew that he liked the music titles had already come out. So he had heard those songs and we saw him play. I think, with, uh, I think it was with his, one of his bands called Han at the time. And I knew was, I knew that name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah. had Han. We've had uh Chuck from Han on. Oh, no shit. Uh, That's awesome.
2: I knew I knew that fucking yeah. name. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, sorry no. to completely derail you there.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, yeah. So we, I, we saw them at that show. I think they were opening for horrors. and I just remember looking at Sarah being like, fuck. Cause we had already, we had just kind of like committed to this other guy that we were playing with. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Chris play and we were like, shit, <laughs> we should have got, we should have asked this guy. Right. Cause he, just, he was like, I mean, he was made to play these songs basically. And, uh, so we we met that night and like we kind of hit it off and kept in touch just through like emails every once in a while and then when the Deftones thing came up I he was like the first one that popped in my mind um so he was able to do that and it just worked out you know I think you really know like when something's gonna work when you have to tour with people and um, it just worked really well and like we you know we can give each other shit and we can fucking have the moments that every band has but there's never a breaking point for anything you know what i mean like we're all just grown-ups and we deal with (laughs) shit and like if anything ever did come up which it usually doesn't we get along pretty well we know when to stay out of each other's way so like um i don't know it just we just hit it off as friends and he's become like a brother to us since then so that's great
3: man
1: i mean yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna derail this Okay. This week, this time, because last week I gave you the guilty pleasure of bass nerding.
3: Oh, oh okay, okay. Well, <laughs> hang on. Before you go too far with this, uh, yeah, I, I do want to make the whores connection oh, here okay. too. I knew you were you, gonna be able to leave you, it. Yeah, no hell no, I can't leave it. I'm <laughs> married because of it. We've actually had Christian from whores on as well. So you, you went you had like the trifecta of connections to <laughs> no. epitome of stupidity there. In
0: like one sentence. In, yeah. It was <laughs> one <nuts>. st-
3: <laughs> so
1: um uh me, Brian being a guitarist Digging your tone. Um as as fast and as simple as you can explain it. If you want to give me a quick rig rundown, I would love it.
0: Sure, man. Um it's uh it's not very quick, but it's that's actually not that it's <laughs> not that complicated. So basically I play, you know, I play I have two different guitars that I play nowadays. I have the Dunable um Cyclops and I play this other company called Pure Salem that's out of Florida. Um I play one of their La flaca guitars and that runs into my line six helix which is kind of like the the brain of the whole operation for me so like it it literally does everything i have one that's what i use i I don't use the amp models in it but i use all Mm -hmm. it's most of my all my distortions all my most of my delays i have a it basically goes through the line six into a few other like Uh, like a a PS. I'm looking at my board now, so I can remember. So I have the PS3, the Boss PS3, obviously a tuner, uh, Earthquaker, afterneath into my Ditto, the the Ditto X2, looper, and then that goes into out stereo into the Eventide H9, which is incredible too, and that goes from there to a JCM800 and my Orange. CR120. And basically so I run the the Helix does everything so I run, you know, it runs all my distortions for all the guitar stuff. I run my vocals through it and control my vocal effects through that. And I also use it as the interface with Ableton to trigger any of the electronic samples and stuff like that too.
1: Yeah, they I so I own I own one as well great. they're I haven't quite mastered mine like you have yours. Uh I have the the LT But, um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sure. Dude, it's
0: incredible. I used to, so when we first started, I had, you know, like a full pedal board with just stomp boxes, and it was awesome. I had some really good pedals, but I was also using like a separate MIDI controller, and I had like a separate interface to go to the left. I had so much shit. It was just such a pain in the ass. (laughs) And, uh, the guy, uh, one of the product managers for the Helix, eric klein he he was a fan that we didn't know of and showed up at a show in la when we were on tour with uh if these trees could talk and came up to me and was like hey man like let me know if you're ever interested in anything gave me his card and i i didn't know anything about like the helix and i was always pretty weary of like any sort of modeling stuff too right um <clears throat> but i hit him up just to see what what he worked with and what he was doing and uh he sent me the link to the helix and i was looking at it i was like holy shit this is like everything that i do in one place (laughs) you know everything that i do just got consolidated and uh he was really cool and he's worked with me since then and we became friends too um
1: well they they need to take your they need to take your sound and put out some some free presets damn it i want to steal it
0: (laughs) he always says that too i don't know i mean they have they obviously have a ton of different artists to work with too but like they tend to gear more towards like the like uh i don't know like poppier metal kind of guys i guess Mm -hmm. but yeah i can always send you some presets if you want to fuck yes fancy
1: fuck (laughs) yes we'll talk about that here after the show Yeah, uh, (laughs) i I can see i've only had mine for a couple months i'm still dicking with it trying to and i suck at creating my own so far so i kind of dissect what other people are doing and use the uh, anyways. Anyways, we'll go by them.
0: Are you are you using amps in it too, or just the, yeah. Just the effects?
1: Yeah, I'm using the amps nice. sims as well. Yeah,
3: awesome. Um, to to kind of start pointing this towards the end of it and let you get to your Sunday. Uh, you mentioned earlier your production work. Um, yeah. How long have you been doing that? And who through? What's the name um, of it?
0: Um, I mean, I've been recording. I guess, you know, quote unquote, professionally, like I, I, the first time I might have gotten paid to record, I was probably like, in my 20s. So like 21. I'm 43 now. So about 22 years doing it now. Um, I started just, you know, but I've been doing I've been interested in it my whole life. So like, literally, since I was like, you know, 12 or 13, I used to do the boombox to boombox recordings and try and multi-track, or I would like, plug into my dad's stereo with my guitar and try and record myself there and take that tape and play it on another boom box and then try and record onto that one. And, try, you know, like, yeah. Wow. Uh, some inception shit. So yeah. And then it went to like a four track, finally got a four track then I got an ADAT that when I was like 20. And then from there, just, you know, it's always kind of like grown. And then when I moved to San Diego, I, me and a buddy of mine that I was in a band with at that time, decided to just go for it and like build a for real studio. So we had, we built this like 2,000 square foot or like two, like 3,000 square foot place with a big studio, big live room, you know, control room and uh, five rehearsal rooms. And we had that, I had, well, he kind of parted ways after a little bit, but I had that for about eight years. And it was awesome, man. I mean, I learned a shitload. I worked with some really cool people. It was more kept to like the local San Diego scene, but um, but it was cool. So I went from that and then just started freelancing more on my own after I sold that studio. And uh, yeah, just kind of been mostly mixing for people since then. So like, you know, mostly working where like people will send me their tracks and I'll mix it for them or mastering or... You know, right now during the whole quarantine thing, I've been working more as like a consultant for people. So like people who are recording at home will hit me up and uh, just get advice on like how to record things or mix things or, you know, how to use this plugin. Having the technology now with like using Zoom, I can actually get into people's computers and show them how to actually like mix, which is pretty rad. Nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah.
3: how can people find you to, you know, utilize your services, utilize your services?
0: Yeah. So I have my, my website is audio MQ.com. Okay. Which and we will include a link to. Yeah. Or through any of my social media stuff too. Nice.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you've said a lot of smart things. And a lot of really cool things and told some great <laughs> stories. We're going to ruin it. So we're going to dumb it down now. <laughs> here we go. So um, we'll do a couple things real quick to
1: get you out of here. The first one being the rapid fire, the stupid one of the two. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going like to do <laughs> we're doing a rapid fire, give you two questions or two options. You pick the one that suits you best. And Clint will tell you if you're wrong or right, even though it is personal, personal preference. Perfinal.
3: Easy for you to say. Don't hurt yourself here, big guy.
1: But I don't, I don't know if I want to go with the old one or the new one. Mix it up. Mix it up. Okay, we got some new ones on here. We'll, we'll, I'll kind of try to pick I my favorite. i say skip here.
3: the the old Metallica one.
1: Okay, so here we go. We'll we'll, we'll start it off easy. Get the get things Uh-oh. lubed up here. We're gonna lube it all up with some coffee go. or Open. tea.
0: Okay. Um. Shit. Well, usually coffee, but I can't really drink caffeine right now because it fucks me all up. So I'm drinking tea. Okay. All right.
1: Let's see. Uh, Beatles or Stones
0: uh bad bad person to ask yeah I don't really me know. too
1: yeah i agree <laughs> with you
2: you
3: nailed that one for all right sure. fine we'll switch it up then metallica or megadeth
0: oh shit damn i'm gonna go with metallica
2: easy easily yeah beer or liquor
0: uh liquor
2: <laughs> toilet paper under or over
0: Oh, man, for me, always over.
1: Yes. (laughs) This is the first time in, like, four interviews that they didn't think we meant how you wipe your ass instead of...
0: It still makes (laughs) me laugh so hard. Dude, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. During this fucking thing, this quarantine finally, like, got me to buy one of those bidet things that you hook up to the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. I highly, highly recommend it. It's fucking awesome. And I don't want to get too much into like talking about wiping butts or cleaning up. <laughs> but if you do want to, you're at the right place. <laughs> it's awesome. I can't wipe my ass normally now without without <laughs> without the <wording> it. <laughs>
1: Perfect. I'll tell you
3: what. In relation to that, I'll w- use that as
1: a headline for the show.
3: The one thing that I, the, like, the biggest thing that I've learned in quarantine is that Charmin is worth the extra three bucks.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That too. That Scott will fuck you up, man. (laughs)
3: Scott. (laughs)
1: Apple or iPhone, or uh, Android or Android or iPhone.
0: Both. (laughs) Uh, iPhone.
1: This is the grand finale. This is the important one. Uh,
0: Sausage (laughs) links. He's gonna fuck
1: it. Sausage links or patties.
0: Um, as long as they're vegetarian, (sighs) either one. (laughs) That
1: happens so so frequently anymore. A lot of musicians don't want the meats.
0: Okay. Well the uh but and, i will go i'll go with links just to answer the actual question all right well
3: Patty's was the answer so Love you got you got your vegetarian wrong sausage good for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we will get you out of here and let you get on to i i don't know about uh Pittsburgh there, but the weather's beautiful here. So we are uh it
0: is at yep. the window right now. It's fucking sweet. It was supposed to rain all day, but they always it somehow in Pittsburgh that always happens where it's like they say it's gonna rain all day and then it's just beautiful. It's
3: the same thing here. If it, if the if the forecast says it's gonna rain, you can be sure that it's not going to go to the
1: beach if we had to. Yeah. if the forecast what? says it's
3: gonna be sunny, you can be sure that it plus this weekend was supposed to be Sonic Temple. And of course it's canceled, so of course the weather's perfect. All right. Of
0: course. Yeah, uh,
3: but anyways, we're going to get you out of here and on to your Sunday with the tropiest of the cool, trophy questions that we still enjoy asking. You get sent to you, Mario of Spotlights, get sent yes. to an island. You get to take one album with you. Uh, you know, you can bring uh, Sarah as well, but you guys have to share this <laughs> album. It's one album. What's your album?
0: Damn, that, you just made it harder by adding Sarah. Because well, that no, the one be that selfish was, here. Be
3: selfish here and pick your own album. <laughs>
0: All right, I'll be selfish. I'll be selfish. And this is just the quick pick off the top of my head. I'm going to say job box for your own special sweetheart.
3: I, this question always amazes me. Either it's the hardest thing anyone's ever been asked, or they have the immediate answer. You were obviously <laughs> the the latter. Yeah. <clears throat> Mario, it's That's been a it. ton of fun. Uh... Did you have something there? Well, thanks, we didn't.
1: We didn't preface this with with this is the fake. This is the Hollywood goodbye. Oh, don't yeah, don't, yeah. Hang, don't up with me hang up. Don't actually hang
3: up.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. You've been a ton of fun, man. Uh. We are obviously both big fans, and uh, thanks, man. Glad Yo, to hear you're
1: closer than New York, so maybe we'll get to see you out there. Yeah,
3: and uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that here in a minute. Um. Internet <laughs> high fives. Keep putting out the cool ass music, and uh, yeah. Thanks.
1: Talk to you later, man.
0: Well, do. thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Well,
0: jack of all trades,
1: interesting guy. <laughs> yes. Cool story. Getting all the the recognition I think they deserve. And I, uh,
3: you couldn't have, I couldn't, we could not have planned that interview to go any better. That yeah. was, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was really good. He's a, a very talented dude. Yeah. I, uh. Fucker. <laughs> I know. That Always jealous of the talents. I know that you've been talking to him about mastering stuff and all that. Uh, find his audio. I lost it here on my audio MQ site. Like I said, we'll have a link there and uh, listen to spotlights. Oh, you,
1: know, you uh, DIY musicians! He does all the masterings and all this stuff, there and his shit go. sounds amazing. So, um, if you don't, you know, what more do you need to listen to that thick ass fucking? great great smooth oh, right. smooth jazz
3: so good what was i saying just a little bit ago to remind me about
1: i have no idea
3: i neither do i and then i said i should write this down and i remember saying i should write this down yeah
1: but anyways we're gonna play another song
3: okay um here is the, this is the song that actually spurred us on to all of this this is part four Spotlights, ready set enjoy
1: Part four. Um, I highly recommend going back, checking out their twenty nineteen release, twenty seventeen release.
3: It's all really good. Yeah. It's They're really very good.
1: consistent as far as sound and stuff. It, it's uh it's amazing. It's, I like it a lot. It,
3: yeah, it's really good. That uh, quick story. Um we I actually came across them on my way over to do the last podcast and was driving, was listening to Snow Burial and the album ended, and I would have, you know, typically I've already got something else lined up, but I had some weird-ass motorcycle guy who wanted to pass four cars at once on a two-lane road, so I had to pay attention to him instead of the radio. And uh, Spotify nailed it with playing a Spotlight song, and that guy gave me the time to hear it. <laughs> Good job, motorcycle guy, I guess.
1: And then Clint told me, and I said, you know what? Sold.
3: Then we had a conversation with Mario, and it's
1: here we are. We'd never heard of him two weeks two weeks ago, and we, he just was his guest on our show. That's, I love it when a plan comes yeah. together. What's playing next? What do we got, Nick? Oh, here we Wisco,
3: go. Witsco. You know, if you want to do the whole uh, throwback thing, talking about how we've been doing, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Which go we talked about pretty early on into all this because you know, just listening to random stuff, so that we had different stuff to talk about on here. And their previous album had come out, and we both enjoyed it. And we noticed that they just put out a new album that I did not write the name of down. So here's their song, A Driftwood Cross, off of their newest album.
1: still don't know the album title, (laughs) but Adrift Wood Cross is the name of the song. I'm going to solve this. See a problem, solve a problem.
3: See a need, fill a need.
1: You guys can have that, Burning Horn. I want a shirt that says that.
3: (laughs) Oh, that is the name of the album.
1: (laughs) We knew it all along.
3: Yeah, see? Just pulling your leg.
1: Yeah, we were just pretending.
3: Thanks to those guys for being cool and getting back to us quickly. From Australia.
1: And another witch name.
3: We got an email from Australia. Shit,
1: I know. I mean, someone from Australia might listen. I think they already had though. We're worldwide, guys. We are. We're all over the planet.
3: We're bad. We're nation. Wait, no, worldwide, national
1: wide prestige, prestige, worldwide. whatever. Investors could be you. <laughs> and brings us to our local. I'll let Clint handle this. I don't yeah. know what he wants to do here
3: had a bit of melancholy here um our local band this week is going to be anadonia falls we were supposed to play a show with them album release show our album release show with them and our our buddies in snow burial and close the hatch close the hatch from dayton uh they've got new stuff coming out too i advise you check them out if you haven't uh they're they're good dudes um but uh a couple weeks ago was actually another thing that happened, right, as I was on my way over here to do the last show. Found out that uh, Adam of the band had passed. And, uh, you know, if you know, you know. And it, uh, I didn't actually know the guy. You know, we talked a couple times there at the show and on Facebook and everything because we played a show with them before. Uh, the Act of Violence release yep. show. And they were good dudes. I talked to Adam a few times on Facebook and all that about a few different things. I I didn't really know him all that well, but that still hit me in a really weird way. And uh thanks to the guys for letting us use their song Drawn to the Numbra. There's you, Adam. And uh I reckon that'll about do it for this week's show. Um I kinda wanted to I, I kinda wanted to find out what you've learned in quarantine, but we're out of time. So <laughs> we're out of time. It'll be a mystery. Uh thanks to the pig hog cable guys. Again, check them out if you haven't. Good cables equal better sound. They have good cables. And we'll make you sound better. Uh, and obviously, again, shout out to the Brimminghorn guys. The Pit-O-Mead at BrimminghornMeadery.com. Yeah, second is time they've come through for us. So. They are fucking good dudes. Um, Josh Kirk. Our guy Josh Kirk has a podcast. He's actually been on our podcast too. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast called Evil Transgression. It's a uh, true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. I almost couldn't fucking come up with a phrase. Yeah. And they just did a show they about... They recorded
1: it. I don't think it's not out yet. Is it? I don't think so. I have to look back. I don't think it comes out to the end of the month.
3: Okay. Either way, they've got a show either out already or in, or coming up about Dimebag, who died here in Columbus.
1: Was murdered. Was here
3: murdered here in Columbus. And uh, they, they're going to do a deep dive into that. And whether that's out or not, check those guys out. They they have a good time doing their show, and it's it's good. Evil Transgression. It's on all the podcast places just like we are. Um, oh, yeah. We're on all the podcast places. Review us on iTunes. If Find us
1: and them and all these places.
3: Yes. Uh, and click the damn subscribe button. We will love you long time for the downloads. Or at least Brian Well.
1: See.
3: And we are on all the socials. As long as all the socials are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us, follow us, etc. Uh, only Mel said something to us about the TikTok, So sadly, we are not going to do the TikToks. We love you (laughs) anyway, pal. Send us music. Preferably stuff that can be found on streaming sites so that we can point people towards it and make them hear you. And uh, you got anything else? Bye. Mead time.